You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It's a pickup Tuesday. That means we're going to focus on the waiver wire people that you can pick up or a defense that you can pick up to help your teams here in Week 7, whether you're looking for bench stash, immediate help here during the bye weeks. And we know six teams are off this week, so it's a tough buy to navigate. You might play and look at guys that you normally wouldn't and uh, plug them in different spots in your lineup. So we'll look at those kind of targets. And injury and attrition has created more opportunities for different guys that we didn't expect to have some fantasy football value here at this stage in the season. So we'll look at that. We'll also take a brief look at uh, the Bills-Titans game. Wild one, high-scoring affair, pretty good for fantasy overall. And uh, things you need to know coming out of that, the Titans upsetting the Bills in Nashville. We'll do it this way. We'll go quarterback first in our first segment along with our MNF takeaways. Then we'll go to uh, running back and tight end. Then close the show looking at wide receivers and defenses. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been there. More than this, a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's uh, put a bow on week six first here on the show. Bills Titans, a shootout. The Bills defense kind of uh, crumbled in this one. And uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't look very efficient. It took him a while to get the ball out. We didn't love Tannehill in this matchup. He really didn't come through. That's because he was watching Derrick Henry do Derrick Henry things. He got them on the board early with that 76-yard touchdown scamper. He shot out of a cannon and no one could catch him from that strong Bills run defense. They were number three going in. It didn't matter. Derrick Henry smashed him with a long run. He had two more touchdowns in the game as the Titans uh, shocked the Bills. The Bills had a fourth and uh, less than a yard there late, deep in the Titans' uh, red zone, and uh, couldn't convert. Josh Allen was stopped there, so they lose by three points. We did like the Titans to cover. A lot more points than we expected. The Bills' defense maybe a little bit of letdown after their overachieving against Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs last week. So, Bills' offense, uh, what you would expect, uh, the big three, in their passing game, uh, the leading receiver is Emmanuel Sanders, but Stefan Diggs had a, a touchdown as well as Cole Beasley. The big development there is Dawson Knox hurt his hand. So you had the backup tight end Tommy Sweeney score a touchdown. Knox did throw a two-point conversion trick play to Josh Allen before he left, but it's a bummer for Dawson Knox. He's a guy that's been hurt in the past. Let's hope this doesn't affect him too much here. But a turnaround short week with that hand uh, looks... Good here that uh, they have a buy that's going to be helpful. So Dawson Knox should be just fine. But just looking at Sanders, it looks like they're going to make him a consistent part of the offense. Now, what's going to be a bit inconsistent is the Bills running game. And when they get in shootouts, 
they're quick to abandon Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. They got some key touches there early, but then they went away from it. So something to keep in mind there. If the Bills go back in that shootout mode and their defense is not as good, it's going to really affect those two backs and their values, even as flex plays here in uh, 2021. Now, let's go to the Titans side of things. It's a Derrick Henry show, but the most important development here was A.J. Brown getting back on track. He's had the hamstring. He had the illness. Julio Jones, forget about it. I mean, Julio had one big play early, but he got hurt again. But uh, the consistent guy that uh, got the Titans in the game and going in the second half was A.J. Brown. He ends up with 91 receiving yards, but we just wanted to see a get-well game from him. Uh, they looked to him in the end zone a couple times. But, yeah, it was good to see A.J. Brown back on track. More of what we want from the Titans offense, keeping it simple with the triplets. Tannehill, we did have a rushing touchdown there, which uh, helped his cause uh, for numbers. But, again, Henry with the three scores there. Tannehill facilitating Brown, that's what we want. Tannehill standalone doesn't have the value, but you want him to uh, help the Titans playmakers do well, and that's what happened in this game for sure. He played well enough to do that, even though it was a poor all-around uh, matchup for him this week. But yeah, Derrick Henry, what can you say? I think he is right up there as the quarter uh, or third of the season uh, MVP in fantasy football. People are doubting him all over the top, but you look at Christian McCaffrey's missed a lot of time. Dalvin Cook is uh, coming back and doing Dalvin Cook things, but he's missed a few games here. Alvin Kamara hasn't been what you expected. Ezekiel Elliott's been pretty good, but Derrick Henry clearly made the case that he should have been the number one draft pick, and uh, he's living up to that. Now let's hope he doesn't get hurt. This workload doesn't break down for him. Looks like Darrington Evans could return here pretty soon to be uh, the Titans' uh, backup of choice ahead of uh, Jeremy McNichols, who was uh, hurting, uh, by the way, and it was more of a change of pace back anyway. All right, let's turn our attention to <coughs> quarterbacks uh, there. And uh, on the waiver wire this week, a lot of buys this week. The Bills are one of those teams. So if you're looking for a replacement for um, what uh, you get in uh, Tua Tagvaola, I think you're looking at a pretty good streamer this week with the Falcons uh, matchup. But again, Tua looked pretty good. The Falcons' pass defense is still pretty weak. You can't run on them. We know the Dolphins can't abandon the run and go in that direction. So, yeah, I really uh, see a high volume from the Dolphins' passing game once again this week. And why not? You have Jalen Waddle, you have Mike Gusecki. The Falcons can struggle to cover both of those guys. Maybe we'll get a few more receivers involved this week for Tua. He looked pretty good. He had that one bad interception against the Jaguars, but he's at the helm, and the matchup is pretty good this week. So Tua for certainly is a good streaming option and the top on the board this week if you can get him. And a lot of people probably have dropped him because he was out for a while with a ribs injury, not sure when he was going to return. But now it's clear that he's going to be the starter going forward. He looked pretty healthy. He came out of that London game. Unusual that the Dolphins don't have a bye following that London game. Jaguars do, so... Really thin on quarterback options this week. You can look at Tua. Another guy that you can look at is Jameis Winston. Again, people might have dropped him with the Saints bye last week. But it's a good matchup in Seattle against the Seahawks. The pass defense is not very good there. Jameis Winston, similar to Ben Roethlisberger, but still with a good arm there at this stage of his career. He's got good weapons. Alvin Kamara figures to be a big part of what the Saints do in that matchup on Monday night. But you're going to see Jameis distribute... Play off that running game. Kamara is a big part of the passing game as well. So Tua Jameis, pretty good streaming there. Another one that's really good to me is Jimmy Garoppolo. Very look, looking like he's going to be starting over Trey Lance. 
He's got the calf injury, a little bit banged up here. Jimmy was practicing early in the week. You had uh, Lance on the shelf and uh, not out there with his teammates. So they might pivot back to Jimmy. They need some wins here. Trey Lance looked a little overwhelmed in that Cardinals start anyway before the bye. They do get the Colts at home. This is a winnable game, but if you put in Trey Lance, the uh, Colts might uh, sneak away with this one. It's a pretty tight game, so you might want to go with the veteran, going to get the ball in the hands of the key guys. So Garoppolo on Sunday night is uh, good as uh, Jameis on Monday night, I should say. So you have two primetime guys that you can look at and two uh, in a less primetime spot against them. Falcons are likewise uh, sticking with uh, another Alabama quarterback with Tua. It's Mac Jones, and he gets the Jets here at home. It's a comfortable spot. He put up the numbers last week against the Cowboys. So he seems to do better at home. We've seen him do okay with the Bucks and the Cowboys, not so much in that middle game. It's the Texans. Part of it is that the Patriots could control things there with their uh, running game. So they did that last week. They were very effective running with uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. But Mac Jones, uh, again, Pretty decent spot against the Jets. The Jets' pass defense can be pretty tricky. They've got some guys at the back end, so keep that in mind here that uh, it's not going to be a big game, but 202, somewhere in that range. If you're looking for a bi-week pinch replacement, here's another option should uh, Tua, Jameis, and Jimmy all be gone. You can look at Mac in your lineup this week. All right, so uh, we talked about the, the Bills-Titans game. We look at quarterbacks. We get to get through running backs and tight ends. We'll do that in our next segment. Then close the show Looking at wide receivers and defense on the waiver wire, you should target here on Pickup Tuesday. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football, as we mentioned at the top, was brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. That's a place for me for McDonald's. I got one just around the corner. They're very nice people and uh, they just make you feel at home, uh, home away from home, whether you're stopping by, drive through, or going to hang out for a bit and uh, have a meal and uh, do some work there. McDonald's always takes care of me in my neighborhood there and it, it, it's a good place to go. You're uh, with the kids. You go to a soccer game or another youth sporting event and you want to get them refueled after the game. McDonald's is always there for you just around the corner. We know what a great job they do with the birthday parties and making everyone feel good with that as well. So McDonald's is everywhere and McDonald's is here for us all the time. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on fantasy football watch party? End here and uh, go to McDonald's uh, and say, look, you're going to find uh, exactly what you need at your McDonald's, that comfortable situation and uh, the food that you're looking for. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Ba ba da ba I'm loving it. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football, again, brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. We are loving it. All right, let's uh, continue the show here and uh, look at uh, our waiver wire targets at running back here. And again, thanks so much for making uh, Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms for you. And again, uh, 
situations arise here. We talked about the Patriots and Mac Jones. Well, we have Ramondre Stevenson as well that you can look at. Uh, another rookie uh, out of Oklahoma, a very impressive running back. Uh, they're starting to give him more work. They're kind of realizing that they need a change of pace and a guy that can uh, support Damian Harris. Harris getting a little bit banged up. Stevenson got good work in the passing game against the Cowboys. He also had a rushing touchdown there to support Harris. So Stevenson should get a bigger role. We've liked this kid for a while, but things had to fall into place. James White getting hurt helped. The uh, Rex Burkhead uh, leaving, that helped. Uh, you have a lot of other injuries here. Sonny Michelle being dealt. So things kind of lined up well for Rondre Stevenson to be that number two back. And we know this is a run-heavy offense. So we know uh, they use the tight ends, but Hunter Henry more so than Jonas Smith. They're going to throw to their wide receivers more so to Jacoby Myers than Kendrick Bourne or someone else. But Stevenson is a big part of what they want to do. They want to be run-heavy. The game script should be very good this week. We'll see about Damian Harris. He's a guy that... Banged up, plays through it, but then can disappear and uh, get hurt even more. Stevenson did miss a block there in a key spot for that Cowboys game against uh, Mac Jones. So we'll see there if uh, that hurts his uh, value at all here in uh, 2021. But overall, looking at uh, a good uh, position here for Ramondre Stevenson to be more productive. We have... Uh, Another situation there with injuries and in Dernis Johnson of the Browns. You have uh, Kareem Hunt for sure going to miss this game with a calf injury, but Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb uh, also looks like uh, he may not return. He missed last week against the Cardinals. We know that. So I uh, look at uh, Dernis Johnson having a kind of a uh, key role here in uh, week number seven, short week against the Broncos. It might be hard to get Chubb back in action. We know Hunt's not going to play. So you might see a little bit of Demetric Felton. He's a guy that you can look at deeper leagues and PPR. He's a pass-catching guy that they might work in. But Dearness Johnson, in terms of being a run-heavy team, that's where they need to go here more this week. So, yeah, Dearness Johnson, uh, it looks like he might be the guy that uh, is going to get the key touches here this Week and uh, yeah, you can't ignore any of these running backs. We saw Khalil Herbert come through last week. Chuba Hubbard, these backup running backs can do damage. Not so much for Devonta Booker, but Daryl Williams came through really for the Chiefs last week. So, looking overall at uh, the Browns situation, you have to take advantage of that. And that's what we see there with the injuries. Now, the Ravens can't catch a break with their backfield injuries. We may have lost J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards in the preseason. It was pretty. Brutal there, and now they added Latavius Murray. But now Murray's banged up with an ankle injury. They have Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. So it seems like they keep adding backs, these veteran backs. But now Freeman looked like the next man up with the key touches with the higher volume when Murray was unavailable at the end of that Chargers game with an ankle injury. So they're expecting Murray to miss some time here. So Freeman and Le'Veon Bell could be your new combination in the backfield. The Ravens' defense is playing well. They're playing the Bengals this week, so some opportunities to run the ball effectively for that new committee. Freeman and Bell did score last week against the Chargers, so something to watch there. But I think they trust Freeman a little bit more. Bell's a little bit rusty. Freeman can pass protect, do some little things there. I think that Bell can't do as well at this point. Bell looked a little wiry, while Freeman looked more of that power back. So really, if they're in a pass, pass mode... Playing from behind, I don't think that's going to be the case with the Bengals. I think it's going to be more back-and-forth game. You might see a little bit more of Bell. And if they're in a little bit of head situation, we're in the red zone and need some power running, 
to compliment uh, Lamar Jackson. They'll see a little bit more Freeman. But yeah, it's tough. Been tough to trust anyone in this Ravens backfield. Remember Tyson Williams? He was there. He seems like a distant memory now and not getting uh, the work at all. Maybe they might reconsider him with Murray on the shelf, but I think they've moved on to the veterans. It's telling that they just went ahead and went with Freeman and Bell behind Murray there against the Chargers. So, yeah, you might extract some value there if you're desperate. Again, it's bye week time. We have a lot of injuries. We might play guys that we normally don't at RB2, and these are some of the options there for you. So John, looking at uh, Johnson and Felton in different roles for the Browns and making up for Chubb and Hunt and Freeman and Bell forming the committee here to make up for Noah Latavius Murray. Now, for the Raiders, this is a guy, tough guy to trust here, Kenny Drake. Very limited touches. He did score twice there, but I think they're going to use him a little bit more as kind of a change of pace complimentary receiver hybrid. Kenny and Drake looked really good against the Broncos. They get the Eagles this week. The Eagles allow a lot of underneath stuff. They're probably going to take the deep ball away with Henry Ruggs and stretching the field. So a fellow Alabama product, Kenny and Drake, should be busy along with Hunter Renfro in the slot. I think pretty much they're realizing Drake needs to be the guy in passing situations where Josh Jacobs is pretty much the power back. Paid Barber, if something happens to either of these guys, it's just pretty much the swing backup for the Raiders. So yeah, Drake, again, you could do a lot worse. The matchup is not terrible here. The Eagles uh, can give up some in the running game. We saw that last week with Leonard Fournette. They can give up some catches as well there. So it's just a matter of how much is Drake going to touch the ball behind Josh Jacobs. It looks like they got to incorporate it more. I mean, they got a win out of it. Their offense looked more dynamic with Kenny Drake in there. So I think you'll get more opportunities as it goes on. Now, how much should we trust the Seattle backfield? I don't know. Alex Collins looked pretty good against the Steelers last week, filling in with a regular heavy workload without uh, Chris Carson. But Rashad Penny is going to be activated, it looks like, from injured reserve this week. So he could be available for that Saints game. Do they turn the backfield over to Penny and they've been waiting for him? He is a first-round pick that they've been holding out hope for still to be productive. I don't get why he's still on the team at this point. But uh, again, he's still there. Collins might be a little bit banged up. He's got multiple injuries here. They feel confident that Collins could play, but Penny could step into a pretty good role here sooner rather than later if uh, Collins uh, goes back to struggling like he did in Week 6 or Week 5 against the Rams. He had a good rebound in Week 6, but again, Collins is a guy that has had history of injury as well. Again, another guy they couldn't quit because they previously drafted him before he had a flash of fantasy success with the Ravens, so they've turned the backfield over to him, but don't be surprised if they give Penny some work here to prove that they're still right about taking him in the first round when all it's been is disappointment, committee approach with Chris Carson not staying on the field here for Penny. So I'm more skeptical. That's why he's pretty buried down on the rankings, even though the Seahawks injury situation could open things up for him. A point. And Chris Evans, we're looking at him, not Captain America, but he looked like it. He made a big play against the Lions. Uh, kind of a change of pace back rookie. So my J.P. Ryan was on the shelf with COVID-19. That helped him get a key workload uh, in key spots there behind Joe Mixon. Mixon, however, looked pretty good. Ravens matchup is a bit tricky this week. The Ravens are pretty good against the run, so I don't think there's going to be a using, reason to use a lot of Evans, but they might have seen enough of Evans where more of a ha- pass-happy approach for the Bengals that they might go in that direction here in their backfield. All right, so let's uh, turn our attention to tight ends. Ricky Seals-Jones. As long as the Logan Thomas is out, he's playing the role of Logan Thomas pretty well here with Taylor Heineke, so I don't think that's going to change all that much here for the Washington football team. Heineke is still making the uh, big 
plays to the tight end, and uh, he's really pretty much relying on the tight end, not really forcing it to the wide receivers that much and hurting Terry McLaurin's value. It's a matchup against the Packers, pretty vulnerable against the tight end here with their situation. So Darnell Savage, the safety is banged up. They're hurting at corner. So RSGA could have a little bit more value this week, but plug and play for all of you who have lost Logan Thomas again. Big bye week, and we're hurting there. Evan Ingram, the Giants tight end, should get more looks here as they can't keep anyone healthy at wide receiver except for Sterling Shepard. So it's a matchup against the Panthers this week, and there's some opportunities there to uh, do some damage with them uh, being a little bit better on wide receivers than tight ends. Pat Freermuth, the rookie from the Steelers, he was very busy. We thought he might step up in the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster. They lost their slot target, so needed someone to compliment Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And uh, that's what we're seeing a lot with uh, Freermuth. Getting the opportunities would be nice if they got him into the red zone and got him the opportunities there over Eric Ebron. But Freermuth, the talent they really like as a Heath Miller clone. And we're seeing that uh, ability here as they need him out as a more of a blocker and receiver as a rookie. Dan Arnold, the Panthers, you can look, uh, look at uh, the former Panthers guy with the Jaguars, but they're off this week. So someone to stash for back half. Backup duties there for the Jaguars. So Dan Arnold making that transition, being used a lot better with the Jaguars. I think he could have been that same guy for the Panthers. But they move on. Tyler Conklin getting still a little bit more work for the Vikings. But again, it's hard between looking at him and K.J. Osborne where they're going to go as their third option behind Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson in any given week. But still a guy that should be on the radar. O.J. Howard. We'll see about Rob Gronkowski this week. Maybe that extra durability might have hurt or... Helped uh, extra week of rest there for Gronkowski with the early game in week six. May have helped uh, him get a little healthier, but O.J. Howard looked pretty healthy. He's coming off an Achilles himself, and uh, looks like he actually might be a pretty uh, big factor here at uh, tight end should uh, Gronk miss more time ahead of Cameron Bray working him in the red zone for Tom Brady. So something to definitely watch there if Howard sees an expanded role, and Gronk still can't return from that ribs injury. All right, we still need to look at a couple more positions, wide receivers and defenses on the waiver wire here on Pickup Tuesday, our waiver wire look on Locked on Fantasy Football. In life, we're bound for different things. With beachbound.com vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you might be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, maybe even creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to Talk all the parts you need. Wide door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens carry. You have computers access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money while using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more of the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Let's take this for an example. Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store or you could have paid only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. 
At Rock Auto Price, they're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need there. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find your solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How you, did you hear about this box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. All right, it's uh, time to close the show looking at wide receivers. There's some good values there to pick up as well on the waiver wire here on a pickup Tuesday. Darnell Mooney, in shallow leagues, he still might be available. In deeper leagues, probably not. But if he's available, even in a 10-team league, Mooney looks like the guy. Looks like there's a bit of a changing regard from Allen Robinson to Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields has a better chemistry with Mooney. Look at the Bucks secondary this week. So a good team to attack downfield for sure. And again, uh, Allen Robinson maybe being faded a little bit here as a free agent. I don't think there's any reason that you would want to re-sign with this team if he's not getting involved as much. So Mooney is going to be the number one going forward. He's one of those keeper guys that we're looking for long term. With uh, Justin Fields, that's going to be a connection that we're going to talk about a lot in many years to come as a deep connection here for the Bears. Another rookie that we look at is Rashad Bateman. He's... Mooney in his second year, uh, connecting with his rookie quarterback Fields. Bateman stepping in with uh, Lamar Jackson. They didn't waste any time. Uh, Sammy Watkins did not play against the Chargers. They got Bateman for significant snaps there, working with Marquise Brown at wide receiver. So they want to use the rookie more and more. They're excited to have him in the lineup. They want to open up the passing game a little bit more. I think this week they'll have to put it up. I think they'll get a little bit more resistance from the Bengals. So Bateman should be involved more as a wide receiver. Here now, I know it's been a lot of Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, so Bateman helps diversify the portfolio a little bit here for the Ravens, and he can do a lot of things. He's a good possession complementary receiver. I think he plays well off the talents of Andrews and Brown here. So I really like Bateman as a talent. I think the Ravens are going to find a way to use him. We'll see if it translates to fantasy football production, but certainly worth a look on your bench. Now, let's look at Michael Gallup, but the Cowboys have been throwing a lot to Cedric Wilson, the third receiver, but they could really use Michael Gallup back behind Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. We know he makes big plays. He's about to return here, so Gallup could be a, a spark here for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys uh, are uh, on a bye this week, so something that uh, keep in mind that Gallup should be good to go here coming out here in week eight. So Michael Gallup, certainly a good stash and play. If you've had an IR spot, he was a good guy to keep. And I, I think you'll have a key role as this Cowboys offense is not slowing down anytime soon, getting involved a lot of receivers here for Dak Prescott. If you're hurting at wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, really looked good with uh, Baker Mayfield. I think he just looks better when he's not forcing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. And Peoples-Jones had the long Hail Mary touchdown. He made another move at the goal line for a second touchdown there early in the game. So, yeah, DPJ maybe needs to be more involved than OBJ for the Browns. I mean, he just looks more reliable. I always like this player at Michigan. Uh, I think he plays well off the running game. Good target and good chemistry there with Baker Mayfield. So a guy that I would like to put on more deep league benches. AJ Green, maybe an afterthought there behind that DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Ronald Moore. But he was a leading receiver, had a touchdown there for the Cardinals. Uh, was a difference maker, and this Cardinals team is playing the Texans this week, so really could light up the scoreboard where Kyler Murray can do whatever he wants. Again, it's hard to know which mouths are he's going to feed in a certain week, and it could certainly pivot back to Rondell Moore from Green and Kirk from week six, but we just have to see, and wait, see how that plays out. So 
interesting there with uh, A.J. Green being more involved, but he's A.J. Green. He can still make some plays here, especially as a complimentary number two outside receiver to the dominant target and coverage guy, DeAndre Hopkins. T.Y. Hilton, I do have some interest in him, but he did get hurt again against the Texans, made some nice plays. They kind of seamlessly put him back there as a number one. Paris Campbell did get hurt in that game, so he's probably going to miss time here. So Campbell, we like the one big play, but he's back on the shelf. Hilton looks like he has some good chemistry with Carson Wentz. So you can look at him this week against the 49ers and that secondary that's had a lot of issue. Marquez Callaway. For the Saints, if people forgot about him, he made some big plays before the bye against Washington. I think he'll be involved against that Seahawks secondary there in week seven. So if there's any league where he's available, you can go after him uh, probably deeper leagues. Miko Hardman, hard to trust, but they seem to find a formula behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey using Hardman last week. So much for the Josh Gordon attention there, but Hardman still looks like the third option. It just needs to have the consistency, but... Great matchup against that depleted Titans secondary that uh, gave a big game to three Bills receivers in Week 6. Amon Ross St. Brown, again, it's hard to trust with Jared Goff struggling there, quarterback, but he's still the number one receiver in Detroit. Maybe he'll get it going a little bit more this week. Uh, Rams matchup, however, is hard, and you could see Jalen Ramsey is. Sad as that sounds, uh, he's their best receiver and might draw the best cornerback from Los Angeles. Now, defense and special teams this week. The Saints, I wouldn't normally recommend them on the road in Seattle, but it's Geno Smith and the Saints, their defense well-rested with the bye, can go out and do some damage. I also like the Eagles against the Raiders this week. A lot of people may look at the Raiders on the other side. And yeah, Jalen Hurts can make mistakes, but we also know the Eagles have a pretty good interior pass rush. The Raiders' inside line is not that great. So Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, those guys can make an impact this week and uh, give you good fantasy football defensive scoring. I do like the Eagles to go into Las Vegas and win that game. And this is a bit of a desperation play, but the Giants' defense haven't looked good at all. But they're playing Sam Darnold, the turnover machine. That could be a turnover fest between Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones all in that game. So it's fun to play defense in that type of game. And uh, the Giants, even though they're short in playmakers, they do have a guy in James Bradbury that if uh, Darnold uh, feeds too much with DJ Moore, that Bradbury can make him pay with a pick six. So, yeah, a little bit of deep play there, but I do like the Eagles quite a bit this week as much as the Saints, and uh, the Giants is a deep sleeper that should be available in most leagues that uh, maybe a lot of uh, competitors are not thinking about this week. All right, that wraps up our look at the waiver wire here for week number seven. A comprehensive look there across positions. we got to quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, and defense special teams for you on Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now, we did the waiver wire today. That means we're going to turn our attention to the matchups. Matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, double shop there, breaking down all the games on the schedule. This week, it's only at 13 games. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, good to have that abbreviated. Can really concentrate it on, uh, or concentrate on these games and really break them down for you and make those right decisions because they're all crucial with lesser players in the field this week. Now, make your second listen to the Peacock Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert in NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Good luck in your waiver wire claims today. And we'll catch you tomorrow for Matchup Wednesday.